Chapter 5 of Alice, or The Wages of Sin. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Shasta, Oakland, California. Alice, or The Wages of Sin, by Frederick Worden Pangborn. Chapter 5 Man's love is of man's life a thing apart. Tis women's whole existence. A change came o'er the spirit of my dream. The wanderer was alone as heretofore. The beings which surrounded him were gone, or were at war with him. He was a mark for blight and desolation, compassed round with hatred and contention. In the midst of life we are in death. In our moments of supremest joy, when all nature seems to be kind to us, and when care seems to be but a phantom of the past, then it is that grim fate suddenly presents herself, and, holding the cup of hemlock to our lip, bides us drink it to the dregs. Icarus, joyously parting the cool ether of morning with his waxen wings, realizes not that at the rising of the sun his wings will melt from his shoulders, and he and his transient pleasure be dashed into the sea. Paris, bearing away in triumph the captive Helen, little thinks that he is soon to see his city in ashes and the sword of vengeance hanging above his head. Caesar little expected to receive as the climax of his conquests the merciless thrusts of Brutus' cold steel. And Abraham Lincoln, after spending the best years of his life in working for the welfare of his fellow men, little thought that the end of it all for him would be the assassin's bullet. Close upon pleasure comes pain. Joy cometh in the morning, but at evening the winds rise and the storm clouds burst. Such is the experience of a majority of mankind. Albert Thornbury was intoxicated with love. At last he had found the peerless woman who would be his wife, a woman highly cultivated, noble in soul, pure in heart, and free from the pruderies which discuss a man of sense, and wiser in her eighteen years of life than most women in their matronage. She could be won, he knew it. All that remains was to ask her to be his wife, and his happiness would be secure. The dark shadow which hung over his past should trouble him no more. She would hear his story and love him better for it. He would not marry her with a lie upon his lips. That was a thing against which 
his whole nature revolted she would know it all and she would love him he had found the priceless jewel at last the one virtuous woman and the past should be forever sealed filled with these delicious dreams he walked alone upon the sands at midnight enjoying the calm solitude of the sea he did not notice a person who had followed him in the darkness until as he turned in his course he came face to face with her the figure stepped in front of him to get his attention and throwing back its hood gazed upon him with a pair of magnificent dark eyes the face was pale and somewhat careworn but nevertheless beautiful albert stopped transfixed by the sight of this woman risen from the dead his hair stood erect and his voice stuck in his throat the woman did not address him at once but gazed fixedly into his face at last his voice came to him and a groan of anguish escaped his lips the woman shuddered and after a moment's pause spoke are you not even a little bit glad to see me she said not even enough to say that you wish me no evil further than that i have brought upon myself she paused for a reply but none came oh albert she added in a more humble tone have you not even a feeling of pity for me you loved me dearly once surely you can at least pity me albert spoke pity you yes but what brings you here from the grave in which you were laid ten years ago surely you cannot be the person you seem she is dead dead ten years i know you thought me dead albert said the woman but i am not i have been near you all these ten years but did not dare let you know it fearing your terrible anger and yearning for your love my love cora my love is it thus you speak of that which you held light as gossamer selling it and my honor for a worthless bauble cheapening it in the sight of men and damning it in the sight of god woman talk not to me of your yearning for my love but you did love me pleaded the woman i i loved you he replied bitterly loved you with the mad feverishness of my youth pictured you as a saint when you were a devil worshipped your beauty as priceless when it could have been purchased with a trinket loved your presence as that of an angel when it was as baneful as the fatal aconite which the ignorant traveller plucks on the hillside loved you yes god knows i loved you and he alone knows how much you valued it your words are severe but not unjust 
said the woman all that you say that i did i have done and i have met you to-night in order to tell you more than you already know and to plead for mercy at your feet i know that you will hear me for you are always a just man speak on i won't detain you long albert she said you thought that i was dead and i intended to have you think so from the hour that i fled from your home with that villain i was sorry for the sin i had committed oh believe me albert when i say that i am now telling you the truth you thought i had dishonored you but that was not so it might have been so but god in his mercy prevented it in our flight we started for france and during the ride to dover i had time to think over what i was about to do and to repent it in time believe me albert i am telling the truth at dover i left the count in the crowd at the station i slipped away from him and fled fled for my very life and from that date to this i have never seen him i was saved from dishonor but not from disgrace i knew that you would not forgive me nor even hear me should i return all these long years i have waited hoping that i might find opportunity to tell you all and be forgiven for i have loved you all these years as only a self-ruined woman can love the noble husband whom she has wantonly wronged but the opportunity never came to-night i have found courage to face you and to plead my cause if you would only believe me albert all might be mended in this new country i loved you so much that i desired you to think me dead but my heart yearns so to be loved by you again that i cannot oh i cannot let you go i caused the publication of my death that you might see it and not suffer on my account may the curse of almighty god be upon you for that deed came slowly and wrathfully from the man's lips oh albert curse me not have i not cursed myself enough already is it not enough that all these years i should suffer alone in anguish of heart i have known want poverty distress cold hunger and thirst the barrenness of the unloved heart the carking care of loving you in my sin-sick soul with a love i could not kill i never loved count miguel it was but a momentary fit of insanity and wrongly as i acted i checked myself in time to save your honor god knows i do not seek to condone my own offence but oh albert the expiation has been long and terrible and i can bear it no more 
kill me here on these sands besides the great water but tell me that your love is not all dead that i may hope for some ray of light after this terrible penance can you not forgive me and let me hope that you will take me back i can forgive you but i can never love you again a piteous moan came from the woman's lips and she fell before him upon her knees albert looked at her yes she was very beautiful more beautiful perhaps than alice ah there it was alice he could not help telling himself that had this woman returned sooner she might have been successful in her endeavors to win him back but alice now held his heart albert is this all that i can hope for is the sin which was only in intention never to be wiped out can you not tell me that you will try to love me again i care not what you do to me if you will but take me back to your heart i'll work for you live only for you i'll be your slave anything for as god is my witness here in the solitude of the night i love you as women seldom love oh husband take me back to your heart i can not she groveled at his feet in anguish of remorse and despair she prayed alternately to god and to this man to give her back the heart which she had thrown away but all in vain love her he did at one time but now he loved alice and there was no room in his heart for this other he did not doubt her story he believed her to be telling the truth and he hated her for it she was his wife and no law could rid him of her a year ago he would no doubt have taken her back but his heart had no room for her now she had come too late he left her groveling in her wretchedness on the shore of the sea and disappeared in the darkness cursing the fate which had thus turned his nectar into gall his paradise into a hell he never gave one pitying thought to the creature who lay prostrate upon the sand writhing in her anguish and calling upon heaven to witness that she had told the truth she had it is true done him a wrong but was it so bad a deed as never to be forgiven or condoned such is often the lot of women caesar said the wife of caesar must be above suspicion and was this to mean that in the case of this woman the punishment for not being above suspicion was to be as great as that meted out to the gross offender who had sinned without repentance her sin had been repented of and left uncommitted it was only a thought of sin 
yet she was to suffer all the penalty of the sin and never to see hope of forgiveness her fate indeed was hard she did not know why it was that her husband could not love her again she did not know that another had taken the place which had been vacant for ten long years and which but for that other might have become her place again she did not know that she had come too late pity her all you who are not so sodden with worldliness or overfilled with false saintliness that you cannot pity but only judge the fallen pity her for she is worthy of your commiseration her sin has been small her punishment is terrible because she is a woman End of chapter 5